money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. This is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money, so I'm glad you're ready to talk about money this morning. And hard issues. And hard issues. Yes. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. So this is Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. If you are a first-time listener, uh, I'm Dave Van Oppen, and I'm here with my wife, Reb, and uh, every week... We dig into the hard issues around money and the heart. And so if you want to go back and get a, a feel and a flavor for what Let's Talk Money is, then uh, you can certainly go to morethanenough.ca and get it there. You can get it on chri.ca as well. Both of those are the, the archive shows. And you can get it as a podcast on iTunes. Just search Let's Talk Money on iTunes and, and you'll find us there. And um, that's great. So there you go. You, you've now got the official uh how to get us. If you're listening on the radio, then just stay tuned in because today we have a an incredible show talking about uh, probably one of the bigger topics that I deal with every day um, mm-hmm. in the mortgage side of what we do at More Than Enough, but also when we talk finances, and that is consolidation, that big fancy word. And credit and credit score and what so we're going to actually dig into some very practical things this morning and by the end of the show we'll relate them to some some of the things that go on in our heart because of it but through our journey of um, and as I listen to stories because you are the mortgage guy at our office at more than enough um, and uh, I hear stories and I hear uh, people who don't quite understand even when they, they question us at financial fitness seminars not quite understanding what credit scores are, how to get a good credit score, why is a credit score important if you want a mortgage, and all those things. So we're going to dig into those topics a little bit this morning. But before we get there, um, I again, um, like we've tried to do, we have scripture at the beginning of our shows for those of you, those of you who are, are new. Um, because Apparently we think there's like a bunch of new people listening to the show. So <laughs> it, I, I'm going to give a welcome again because, you know, I just figure maybe there, there must listening. be some new people listening. Yes. So, um, and, and Dave always teases me that my verses don't all usually have much to do with money. And in this case, um, I could have pulled up all kinds of verses about debt and owing other people. And the Bible says we're not supposed to owe anybody anything but love. There are over 2,350 verses about money and possessions in Scripture. Jesus, and not everyone talks about debt. Not all of them saying. talk about debt. Talk, but anyway, it's we for those of you, even if you aren't a follower of Christ, you know, um, there are many great biblical principles to help us with our finances. And there it's just good wisdom. There's just so much in there. So um, I want to throw this in before you get to the verse, because okay. one of the things when we talk about debt, that, that is, I guess it's a question that I, I see very often, and that is, is just a little bit of confusion around the fact that debt is not a sin. 
and it, nowhere in scripture do we read that that this is one of the you know the carnal sins that is going into debt it, it's not that at all in fact what we read in scripture is is that debt is is a burden it's a weight um, you know, if you Google debt, often you'll see in the image section on the Google, you'll see, a, you know, chain and a ball and chain image, or you'll see, you know, people stressed out, uh, you know, those kind of images. Debt is, it's a weight, it's a burden. And what do we know about our relationship with the Lord and his desire for here, us here on earth is, is that we would be free to worship him and that we wouldn't be carrying unnecessary weight, unnecessary burden that, that um, God, you know, Jesus Christ ultimately came to set us free from the weight and the burden of, of sin. But in a lot of other areas, when we, we look at how God speaks to us through scripture and, and we use scripture to, to direct our lives, then we recognize that you know what? Often, when when the Bible says that God is the good shepherd, that Jesus looks at us like sheep and He cares for us and He brings us to good pasture and and He protects us from from the 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 animals out there that would would attack. That's God's heart is is for us to live in safety and security and and freedom and. Debt is a burden that we often carry, and sometimes that burden just gets uh, just overwhelming. It becomes all-consuming. It it uh, it consumes our heart and our mind, and and affects us in our a physical way. Um, there's all kinds of negative effects to to debt, um, and we actually see the positive effects of people who who don't carry significant debt. Um, and well, so- and, and that's an interesting thing because we're going to talk about consolidation in a minute. And sometimes that consolidation we were talking about on the way in this morning gives us a false security mm-hmm. that we are that we have freedom from debt. But we're going to get to that in a minute. But your your comments this morning have kind of uh, flipped me into another verse. Uh-oh. And um, and I think we, I'm sure we've said it here over the last year or two. Um, and it's a well-known verse. But that debt, that's uh, a burden. Um, Jesus says one of the antidotes to that mm-hmm. is coming to him in Matthew 11. And he knew... You know, as he came and became man, he he ate the dust that he walked. You know, he was got hungry. He um, felt the pain of other people. He got tired and weary uh, for all kinds of reasons. And in Matthew 11, he says to his people, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there is so much in there that we can apply to our financial stories because often shame comes with debt. And we've talked about this on the show before. Often uh, the guilt around uh, how we find ourselves where we are financially. And um, and he says, come to me because he knows we're going to be heavy laden. He, he knows there's trouble in the world and he's still tells us, but be of good cheer. Mm -hmm. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. 
He is the answer, and coming to him is the answer, which is a very interesting thing because the other verses I had picked were Psalm 121, and you can go read them. You know, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. And often we go to the bank or our financial institutions for help first Mm -hmm. um, because we have forgotten that God is source. And, you know, Dave and I are on a journey ourselves and we have to keep coming back to the place of, are we going to the financial institutions? Are we going to our savings accounts? Are we trusting in our own abilities or are we trusting in God? And Jesus says, come to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to trade in that burden. You take on my burden and I'll take yours because he's already done that. And um, anyway, we're just going to, I'll just leave it there so you can read Matthew 11 and Psalm 121 this morning if you want to go back to it because we want to encourage each other and one another to go to him first. So, David, we're going to talk about consolidation and credit and all of that. And I I think, uh, let's just define simply, what is credit? Mm-hmm. Right. So when we think of credit, um, there, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of look at it from two different angles. So first from the, in a sense, the, the marketplace angle, credit is just simply, um, borrowing money from somewhere else. And, and you are committing. There's some sort of agreement or whether it's on paper, whether it's a handshake, doesn't really matter that, that there's some sort of agreement that you'll pay it back over a period of time. Um, and so, you know, in the accounting world, we've got these fancy words like debit and credit. And, and that's in a sense where we, we get that word specifically is, is from the accounting world where we're saying, okay, this money's over here. I need to pay it back. It's something that is owed you know, it is owed out there. So, okay. okay. So that's-, that's credit. And and the reality from a spiritual standpoint, what we sometimes, um, when we experience credit, it it's all about the timing. Um, I'm going to actually back up. It's all about the timing, both for the natural and the spiritual. When, and I'm going to use the example of buying a car. If we want to buy a car, there's two ways we can do it. We can go in with the money and buy it cash and we don't use credit and we buy it cash and it's ours and we walk away and it's our car. No problem. If we don't have the money to do that, then we have this option of saying, well, I'm going to go in and there are mechanisms, there are, you know, there are agreements that say you can buy that car, get it today, buy it on credit and pay for it. Maybe over a period of time, um, you know, that could be you know, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, or eight years. Now we have <laughs> right. loans for that long for cars and, and to fit every budget. And the idea there is, is the shift, uh, certainly in our last, I'm going to say 40, maybe 50 years has gone from, you know, can I afford to buy this car, car to can I afford to make the payments on this car? Uh, and that's a really significant shift in in mental and psychology because now we no longer ever in fact very often we think well i never really actually buy a car i'll always have a car payment because when the car payment ends for this car i'm about to trade it in and buy another car right. that might be in three years four years five years doesn't matter but the idea there is, is that you're constantly have a car payment 
And, and again, is there anything wrong with that? Not really until you start doing that in all kinds of different places and ways. And so then we become disconnected from, okay, well, I can afford $100 a month. Well, of course, I can afford another $100 a month and I'm going to buy furniture and I can afford another $100 a month. And, um, and, and, and so now you literally, we can buy TVs, we can, we can buy our. And as long as we're, which leads me to the next question, as long as we're making those payments, it's okay mm-hmm. on one level. Um, and it goes towards something called our credit score. There's this, um, or, mm-hmm. or Dave Ramsey says, um, my, I love debt. My I love debt, debt score. Yes. I, love, I love debt <laughs> you score. Have you ever heard Dave Ramsey talk about credit? So let's talk about the credit score. And because you're just saying, as, you know, as long, and I think this is what you've told me, as long as we are making good repayment plans, our credit score is good. Right. So, you know, your credit score is, is just simply a summary of all of the debt, uh, all of the places where you've borrowed. So there are, there are essentially two um, organizations in Canada that monitor credit. Um, one of them is TransUnion. One of them is Equifax. So those are companies, and that's their job is to simply look at where you're borrowing money and and every time that you borrow money in a conventional manner. So that means with banks or financial institutions or the don't pay a cent events, anytime that there is a, a formal agreement that you sign with a financial institution, they um, they will report that to those credit uh, credit companies. And those credit companies then just summarize it, they amalgamate it, and what they do is, is they've come up with a scoring system that says, hey, if you've got different forms of credit uh, and you're making your repayments and you're covering those payments uh, every month, on time, every time, then you're, and it's a risk assessment score. And really they say, well, you're lower risk for defaulting on any future credit that you want to apply for. Right, because you're good at paying your debt back. In the history, you've proved that you can take out a loan and repay that loan and not miss any payments and not default on Okay. So I have a couple questions around that that pop into my head. Number one, anyone can find out what their credit score is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, there again, there are two two different procedures with Equifax and TransUnion because they're two different companies. But essentially, you you are entitled to to find out your credit score. Um, you can do so annually for free. You just have to send them a, a note and say, "Hey, please email me my credit score." I think maybe now they've changed that to about ten dollars. So you, you can right. directly okay. connect with Equifax or TransUnion and get your credit score. But when you're going to a financial institution to get a mortgage. In particular, they will want to know your credit score, the lending company, the lending institution whom you're getting the money from wants to know what your credit score is. So it's anytime that you borrow money anywhere, there will be a a credit check. They will they will have a look at your credit and say, "Okay, what's your ability to repay? Uh, And that's solely based on historical data. Okay. It doesn't look at your income. It doesn't look at your employment sta- status. It doesn't look at any of those things. It just simply looks at how have you done in the past in getting credit 
and repaying. And there's a certain number that's good, and there's a certain number below that number is not so good. Sure. So the the highest number is 900. So that's you know, in the sense of their scoring. Again, Equifax and TransUnion do it different. They have their each unique individual credit score. But the reality is, is if you're in a you know a above 700, that's the the one of the magic numbers above 700 in your credit score, then that's that's kind of like an A and a B in school. Okay. For those of us that remember <laughs> A's and B's in school, that's pretty good. You know, okay. that's above 80 percent, if you will. Again, looking looking at from percentage, right? And then if you're below that 700, then you move into the C's and the D's, or you know, below that 80 percent um, percentile. And and that's now, now okay. So this is what has surprised me. It all it takes is for us to miss one or two payments on something to plummet that score. Sure. Um, and, and again, it's, it's a bit of a complicated process, uh, process okay. of how they do it. Yes, if you miss a payment, it's not disaster. Oh, my goodness. I'm never going to you know, be able to have credit again. Uh, but if you were, say, going for, uh, to borrow some money and last month you missed a payment on something, that has a much more dramatic effect on your credit score than if it was three years ago okay. and you missed a payment. Okay. So, you know, one payment missed three years ago, nah, not really going to – it will affect your score, but it won't affect your ability to, to borrow credit. And, you know, again, the the – the, the frequency and also the the amount of time that uh, that has went by. The other thing that dramatically does affect your credit scores, if your credit balances are uh, at above seventy five percent of your of your limit. So let's say I've got a credit card with a five thousand dollar limit, and I'm at you know forty eight hundred. Um, you know, I'm paying the bill on time every time, but I'm always at 4,800. Well, that's going to have a negative impact uh, on your credit score because uh, it's what we call utilization. Okay. You, all of your, especially if it's all of your credit, is utilized to the max. max and you're just making minimum payments then. Well, even if you're oh, making more than minimum payments, okay. if, it, if they're all still maxed out, it. it has a negative yeah, okay. impact on your credit okay. score. Interesting. Okay. So we're, we're going to leave that topic because this is a goes, show goes by quickly because we want to <laughs> get to the topic of, uh, okay, yeah, it's going very quickly, um, consolidation. Yeah. Um, because credit and consolidation kind of go hand in hand. And we wanted to give some education around this because you've got to understand if you're coming for a mo- mortgage and you know you're not making payments and you want to buy a house, I mean, we see all kinds of people who come in with misunderstandings about that. Um, we also have people who think, especially these days, and we've had a show where we had Krista in and we talked about the changes happening in lending mm-hmm. and what's been happening the last two years. And um, it, it's we want everyone to realize that things are tightening up because the credit problem in Canada is real. Okay, so let me put this in context for you, just personally for okay. me. So 10 years ago is when I started uh, really getting into helping people get yeah. out of debt. Okay. And uh, one of the major indicators of personal debt within Canada is, is, this, uh, is a number that's the debt-to-income ratio. Right. yes. And so I won't explain that too much. You can certainly look it up. But the, the bottom line there is, is that for every dollar that the Canadian family earns, 10 years ago when I started this, um, it, it was a dollar. For every dollar that they earned, they owed a dollar forty-eight. 
So for every thousand dollars that they earned, they owed owed fourteen eighty, uh, yes. right? So so that you know goes consistent along. Um, and we hit two thousand and eight, and you know everybody knows what happened in the states and the big yeah. mm-hmm. credit uh, crunch that happened there. Well, in the states, that was actually the debt to income ratio in the states was a hundred and forty eight percent. And so now, right now, here in Canada, depending on which study you read. I know. I just read one the other day. We are at 171. Yes. So for every dollar that we've made, that we make today, the average Canadian family owes $1.71. Now, that's pretty significant because that's where we talk about the debt stress. That's the amount of debt that we are carrying compared to our income. Yes. And that's what causes the day-by-day stress in most families is, is I just can't quite get ahead. I just can't quite. I'm almost there. Well, in fact, in the last 10 years, we've seen we've just been on the wrong trajectory. And, yeah. and dealing with debt, and uh, one of the ways that we've that has been very popular is to consolidation. Deal with debt is consolidation. And what is consolidation? If for anyone who doesn't know, so consolidation just basically as a basic definition is, is taking multiple lenders, multiple forms of debts, putting them all in one pot, usually at a lower interest rate and usually at a lower uh, payment amount. So we take our credit cards, maybe we have two or three credit cards, maybe we've got a, a, you know, a different loan or, or something. We bring them all together and hopefully we can get one loan that will um, have a lower payment and a lower interest and then just allow us some, some extra debt we, relief. Wiggle room. And, and I, anyone who's done it has a bit of a sigh of relief. I mean, we actually did it 10 years. Well, I don't know how long ago I had Serena. So seven years ago, when we had to uh, save our log home house that we live in, and it was rotting, and we had to uh, do something because mm-hmm. we didn't have the $25,000 to restore the outside of the house. Right. So, you know, in that case, you know, we talked good or bad it's what it is we mm-hmm. did that's what we did so we understand that um that step but and, and here's the the thing about consolidation is is that um you know often it makes financial sense right um, yes. again um, and why does it make financial sense because you're paying less interest because you know and here's here's the real key for most people when when we're thinking about consolidation and and, and discussing it there's a reason for it. Right. And to try and find out what that reason for it, often the reason is not so that I can pay the debt off faster. Maybe that's a side benefit of having a lower interest. But often the reason that people are, are seriously considering consolidation is, is because they they want to get a lower payment, a lower monthly payment because their their cash flow stressed. And that's the wrong motivation in a sense, because really what consolidation can do is, is it can help you pay off the debt significantly faster. If you have a mind to get it paid off and understand that it's still debt. And we were talking about this. And even as I was thinking about it, I think, oh, yeah, great. You can call it consolidate. But you still have the debt. And that is the danger you talk about mm-hmm. often, that when you consolidate, it's not always the best idea because the 
pain is gone. Mm-hmm. The pain goes away and we can still think we can live beyond our means. And that's where you really have to address the root problem of how did the debt get there? How did it get there? $20 at a time? Is it a standard of living where you know, you're just simply every month living beyond your means? That's the, the part that needs to be addressed. That's the, the, the issue of how the debt was accumulated needs to be taken into consideration when you're doing a consolidation. Well, and I remember talking to you and Lynn over the years, Lynn Fraser, when she uh, was with More Than Enough, and, sh- and she would say, okay, I'll let you consolidate two times. Like one time, fine. You're back a couple years later. We're doing it again, but I won't do it the third time because you need to change your ways. And so, third time is pretty, is pretty, is, is, that's even not, more than yeah, I let people, well, we I discuss know. it pretty hard on that second I th- time. I think <laughs> it was, but, but now the way the rules go and the way that the, the amount of debt that people have on their homes, you mm-hmm. can't just roll it onto your home anymore. So, and that goes and to you, the, the discussion we had with Kristen, and you can certainly reference that show where we talk about the changes in the mortgage industry and how the, the government of Canada is simply putting these regulations in place because of the debt and and in a sense we the canadian family have not voluntarily changed our ways so now we're being legislated to change our ways and they're doing that in in multiple ways and again go listen to that show yeah that was at the end of january um so um and we're not saying here today we're not pointing fingers we're not saying oh you terrible people who have credit and debt you know most of us do most of us have mortgages but we have to come up with start thinking of some innovative ways cuz our economy is in trouble mm-hmm. you know there you may have lost a job you may have been sick it, you could have nothing to do with it or as Dave and I often say one decision leads to another and leads to another and um anyway and I, I here, here's here's really I, I want to pick up on that just as we come to the end of the show, Reb, because the the key here is to get the right advice when you're considering consolidation. Okay. Um, you know, if you go to a bank, um, you know, you will get advice that says, "Yes, we can do it," because they obviously want to want to um, to sell you more credit, but they may not address the reason that you're getting into debt in the first place. And that's, that's so essential is we have to know, we have to address when we're thinking of a consolidation, um, why, why we're here in the first place. And if we can address that issue, again, if you, go, if you lost your job three years ago and it took you three years to recover financially um, and now you're in a sense breaking even on a cash flow standpoint, but you've got this debt that you just can't tackle, well, maybe consolidation is a great way to just get you over the hump and get you paying it down. And we can look at that. But it really does come down to what is what is going on and 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 how did how did you get there in the first place and that takes um courage mm-hmm. uh it t- we always say it, you have to face your finances sometimes um it just takes conversations with other people more than enough that's part of what we do um we have coaches who talk talk all the time about um financial plans and spending plans. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's someone that you respect financially. Um, and here, or, I, I got to jump in one more time yeah. because you're just mentioning, get some counsel. If you are considering going into debt for anything, call somebody, get some counsel first, because often what we find is, is that credit allows us to circumvent God. 
Right, it, which it, goes back to the scripture verses about where does my help come come from? If it we comes are, from it the from, Lord. It comes and from so the if Lord. my washing machine is broken, I get it, 100% been there. But do I then run out to Home Depot and okay. spend $1,300 on a new washing machine on, uh, you know, a don't pay a cent event? Or do I stop? Even for, do I stop and say, Lord, you know, what are we going to do about this? And now there's so many great things, even on Facebook, where you can go and do that free sell thing, where you go on and you say, mm-hmm. I need a washing machine. You have no idea who will give you a washing machine for free or anyway. We there, won't go there. We're no, at the no, end no, of the show. So yeah, we probably got lots more show left. <laughs> but here, if you want to listen to more shows, morethanenough.ca, uh, chri.ca, both of them uh, have it. We are on iTunes. If you just search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, and please rate us if you're on iTunes so that we can get our rating up there. Uh, Reb, you're going to pray. Father, I thank you that you lead and guide us and that you are always reminding us that you are the source of who we are and our every breath. Lord, um, I pray that um, as we gain understanding into the world's economy and how things work, that you would give us wisdom how to walk uh, through these things um, when it can be such a burden and help us find people that we can talk to and get help from. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.